Welcome to IT Visionaries, created by The Mission, your number one source for accelerated learning. On this episode of IT Visionaries, Ian sits down with Juan Perez, Chief Information and Engineering Officer at UPS. Juan has been a driving force in UPS's evolution into advanced analytics. And in this conversation, he shares how UPS is optimizing delivery routes to improve service and efficiencies. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. The Lightning Platform is a leading cloud platform that makes building AI-powered apps faster and easier. With Salesforce, now everyone is empowered to build apps for their organization. Learn more at salesforce.com slash build apps. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. Today, we have a special guest. I, can, I always say that, but they're all special guests here at IT Visionaries. Juan, how's it going? Hey, Ian, great to uh, hear from you. Thank you for inviting me to participate in this. I think it's definitely a great opportunity for me to you know, share some of our IT stories here at UPS, how we do IT, and most importantly, where we're going from an IT perspective. Really commend you on getting these messages out to your audience. Thanks so much. And you know, you've been called a premier IT leader from Computer World. You've had a long career in IT. You've had some really, really interesting things. We'll talk about developing Orion, which is the on-road integrated optimization and navigation system for UPS. You have a ton of scale with your work at UPS that we're really excited to getting into. But let's start off with, how'd you get into IT? A couple of stories there. One is when I went to school, I actually had the opportunity to get into the technology space. And I always found it fascinating. And although, you know, my bachelor's was in industrial and systems engineering, you know, I noticed as when I was going through graduate school that there was an important intersection between technology and what the industrial engineering profession did. And of course, when I started my career with UPS, I quickly realized that uh, in our business, we had significant opportunity for improvement in the way that we ran our business, the way that we plan our business, the way that we execute those plans through the use of technology. And since the very first day that I started with the organization, I've been a proponent of using technology to help our business grow, to help our customers do better and to continue to make improvements day in and day out to uh, all, the, all the processes all the methods, all the activities that we have in this organization. And it's really worked well for UPS. Technology has been a true enabler. To your point, in terms of scale and, and, and growth and capability, it's truly been an enabler for UPS to be the company that it is today. And what kind of scale are we talking about? You know, like I've seen over 55,000 drivers. I don't know if that, that number is still accurate, but what's the scale of your responsibility at UPS? You know, great question. First, of course, about UPS, global company. We work in over 220 countries and territories around the world. You know, we dispatch in any given day over 100,000 vehicles. We deliver in the U.S. alone over 17 million packages a day. And just to put it in the context of scale, when we get into our peak season period, which is, is soon approaching here, we will be delivering in excess of 30 million packages here in the uh, U.S. every single day. For that, we not only have to scale the operations we have today, but we have to complement them with over 100,000 people that we hire between now and the end of the peak season period to be able to help our customers do what they need us to do. We do that very well all over the world. And of course, UPS today has become much more than a package delivery company. 
when we think about UPS today, we think about an organization that supports distribution, supports fulfillment operations, supports our warehousing. It's in the freight forwarding business, it's in the freight business, and of course, small package being one of our core businesses. We have over 450,000 employees around the world that do just an amazing job in supporting our customers. And you know what I have found lately is that each and every one of our employees is highly dependent on technology. So today, as much as we are a logistics provider of multiple services out there, we're also a technology company and a technology company that continues to grow and evolve using the most advanced technologies available to us to be able to satisfy the needs of our customers. And I, I want to get into a little bit of story time with this because I know, and shout out to producer Aaron, who was really excited about asking the question about Orion. Let's dive into this this initiative, this system that you worked on, and kind of like explain the origins of this. What, what were you thinking about? What did you want to do? What was the kind of problem set when you started looking at Orion? And how did you kind of leverage technology to, to build this system? It's a great question. The The root of many of the operational technologies that we use at UPS is truly the, the attention to detail that we place on all that we do within the company, but also in, in understanding the value of small improvements, the value of incremental gains, the value of improving our operations one mile at a time, one minute at a time, so that we can continue to gain significant improvements in our overall cost performance, but also to continue to make improvements in the way that we run our business. And Orion, it's definitely one of those examples in which we've used technology to take advantage of those types of opportunities that exist in our business. Let me just put it in perspective. If we save one mile per driver per day across all the drivers in the U.S. in the course of a year, that actually saves UPS in excess of $50 million. Ooh, $50 million, that's right. So therefore, for us, identifying any area in which we can actually save that mile uh, becomes a, a priority, and it becomes uh, one of those areas in which we need to focus our technology. So we've done that really well. We have identified multiple technologies in the business that help us gain those types of improvements in, in, in the operations. And Orion, it's just one example of many of how technology allowed us to do that. We have for many years looked at ways to improve the way that we route our drivers, the way that we create routes for our service providers to be able to make all of our deliveries on time and to be able to make them as efficiently as we can. Uh, what we learned very quickly was that with more customer commitments, most more customer demands, with the changes in the geographies in which we make deliveries, you know, doing this manually, creating dispatch plans and creating routes manually was not going to be the way to do this for UPS for the long run. And most importantly, we were going to miss all kinds of opportunities. So here comes technology, technology that allows us to look at the way that an area is set up, the stops that are supposed to be delivered in those areas, and using advanced algorithms, be able to create the most effective route for our drivers to follow that will allow us to save miles, that will allow us to make all of our service commitments. Now, the problem is not small. I want you to think about it from this perspective. In any given day, we will dispatch a UPS driver, a UPS service provider, with roughly 120 stops. You have so many different ways of getting those stops delivered. Of course, those stops need to be delivered in the appropriate order to be able to do it as efficiently as possible. 
but we also need to make each and every one of the commitments that we make to our customers, both on the delivery side and on the pickup side. Technology comes to the rescue because to solve a problem at that scale, for every driver in the network in the US, it requires significant technology to be able to do it right every single day. And then we took it one step further. Not only did we create an optimized route, but we also published that route in the driver's handheld so that the driver can follow the route in that optimized delivery order. And in the new version of Orion, which we will be releasing next year, we will be able to do this dynamically. In other words, as the driver is making deliveries and pickups throughout the day, we will continue to present to our service providers the best possible way to deliver the next stop. And that's a very important improvement for our technology so that we can continue to gain benefits from it. So when you were prepping to you know, pitch Orion to the leadership team, to the C-suite, to the board, you know, was this something that was like kind of like a no-brainer, like you know you needed to do something and we needed, this was the solution or was this kind of, you know, it was a, it was a huge amount, I, like a huge dollar commitment. It was a huge initiative that involves so many working parts and, you know, leading the entire organization through change. What did that kind of feel like from a pitch standpoint as you were kind of like conceiving this idea? You know, Ian, one of the things that I have learned is that these large-scale analytics projects that have significant benefit in, in front of them require, first of all, the support of leadership. They require having the right team with the right skill sets to be able to show and demonstrate how these technologies can work. It also requires patience. And in Orion, we had to be patient. There were a number of times as we were going through the initial phases of this project where we felt that we were not going to get the results that we were expecting from the algorithms that we were running. And second, of course, the technology. But credit to the leadership of the organization and credit to the teams that worked on this technology. One, we knew that this was big. Remember, one mile per driver per day across all drivers in one year equals 50 million. So we knew that there was a big prize associated with this technology. That's where we needed to put our money into solving this very complicated problem. Second, we knew we had the right team to get this solved. And third, of course, like I said, the support from leadership was critical and being able to continue to learn and demonstrate that the solution was advancing, that we were in fact getting gains and benefits from implementing these solutions was extremely important. We did not solve this problem in a day. We did not implement this technology in a day. It was truly a journey, but it's a journey that has proven extremely valuable to us and it's going to provide great benefit to the company in many years to come as we develop the next generation of Orion technologies. You know, when we're talking to, to CIOs and IT leaders and CTOs on this podcast, you know, a lot of times there's these huge initiatives that you know aren't going to be perfect. You want to get it to perfect, but it's just not a reality. So you kind of have to ship and get feedback ultimately. And I know that that was, that was part of, you know, Ryan, as it is with every, every initiative. But what were some of the biggest learnings afterwards that you looked at and said, maybe going forward, there, there can be things that, you know, we can take from this and, and look at other projects that we're working on that would be helpful for other, other CIOs to hear from you? Absolutely. You know, I, the f first thing I would say, Ian, is that this was not a technology project. In fact, I will tell you that we do not have many technology projects at UPS. Uh, what we have are business projects, business initiatives, things that the organization needs us to solve through technology. So that's the first one that I would certainly highlight. The need to recognize 
that all these projects have to first start with a business problem that will definitely provide, once we find a solution, significant value to the company. That's one. Second, we got to recognize that, you know, these solutions, especially these ones which are large and very complex, you know, will require teams to learn, experiment, and from those experiments and those learnings continue to develop the final solution that will be used to support the organization. Uh, the next one is that we got to continue to find that right skill set in our teams to be able to support these types of projects. We were fortunate to have a great operations research group, a great industrial engineering team, certainly a technology organization that knew how to stand up this type of technology and support it at mass or at, or at large scale. So all that is needed for these types of projects to be effective. We also learned, and this is very important, the trick around implementing Orion effectively is twofold. One is you have to have the support of the people that will use this technology. Important that people know and buy into the value of the technology. If that's not there, it again just becomes an IT project or just a solution out there that people don't see as theirs. So that's really important. And the second one, it's really important that you build the right framework for implementing these, these types of technologies. One is having the measurement in place to see how the technology is being implemented and how it's achieving the results that are expected from the technology. And another one is to have discipline in implementing the technology, making sure that you have the right teams in place to support the implementation of the technology, making sure that you, know, you don't take shortcuts in implementing these very complicated, difficult type of solutions that require close engagement from the implementation teams, and that ultimately you celebrate as technology is implemented and successfully used by the uh, operations that are taking advantage of it. It's important that that is part of the implementation plan too. And I know you have a huge emphasis on advanced analytics. How did you view predictive versus prescriptive analytics? Or I guess I should say, how did you view predictive and prescriptive analytics when you were looking at kind of this problem and how you could connect with customers and serve customers better? Great question. From our perspective, analytics has been part of our DNA for, for many, many, many years. And we've gone through the maturity scale when it comes to analytics. Started, of course, with basic descriptive analytics, moving on to predictive analytics. And now, really, we're pushing hard for these types of advanced analytics projects to be more prescriptive than anything else. Orion is a good example. It's a prescriptive analytics initiative where not only do we use data, past data, new data, current data to predict how the route is going to look like, but we're using also a series of algorithms to ultimately create these optimized routes that become prescriptive in nature. In other words, we tell people what to do. To me, that becomes a much more effective way of using all this data, and we need to continue to go down that path of uh, taking advantage of data to create prescriptive methods, prescriptive approaches to doing things in the organization. And we have a number of active projects today that are really geared towards being prescriptive in nature, using data to better forecast what our volumes are going to be during the peak season periods, for example, and using that data effectively to adjust our staffing and adjust our, our overall asset plans in a much more real-time approach than what we've done in the past all through the power of analytics. Now, one thing that I will definitely say, Ian, is that whenever we select projects that take advantage of such large amount of data that require such high levels of compute power, 
it's really important that you select the right problems for the organization to solve. I have seen a number of cases, not necessarily at UPS, but in industry in general, in which companies have invested millions of dollars in analytics projects that ultimately didn't provide any value. And that all starts with making sure that you select the right problem to solve the one that is going to provide the most benefit to the organization. Yeah, it seems like you spent a ton of time framing the problem that you were going to solve. I mean, I, I think that there's an Albert Einstein quote that's like, if you have an hour to solve a problem, you know, you spend 55 minutes diagramming the problem and five minutes solving it or something like that. But it kind of seems like you did that. I mean, like you have so much information. It was so detail oriented to figure out like, what are the metrics of success that we can win with, you know, idle time and ultimately like miles driven and all of that. I mean, how do you kind of frame a problem that big? Like what, what type of work did you do to, to prep all of that? Well, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest challenges that CIOs face today. And that is, you know, we have limited budgets. I would like to think that even a company like, like UPS with the types of revenues that we have, that we can in- spend an infinite amount of money on, on IT development, but that is not the case. We all have the obligation as good CIOs to manage our IT investment effectively and make sure that we maximize the value that we, we get from every IT dollar that we invest. Of course, that doesn't mean that we should not be experimenting and trying different things. I'll mention to you later some of the things that we do in that particular area. But at the end of the day, when you're going to put a big bet on something, when you're going to make a sizable investment in technology, it's really important that you have a clear idea as to how that technology is going to change the business. It's going to really influence the way that we do business in the company. And that's what we realized with Orion and with some other initiatives where you know, we've recognized that those are the ones that we need to make a heavy investment in because they have the potential of truly altering the way that UPS does business. We talked about Orion extensively. I will tell you another one on the customer side, which has truly changed the way that UPS interfaces and interacts with customers, the development and deployment of the UPS My Choice platform. My Choice is for the receivers, for the consignees, a mechanism for them to get alerts on their shipments, to be able to manage their supply chains, their personal supply chains at home. It's a mechanism where they can actually schedule their deliveries when they want to, and even get additional information on when specific packages are going to be delivered to their homes. Uh, We made a big bet on that, and it's working really well for us. Today, we have over 52 million subscribers in that platform, giving us unprecedented access to those individuals who now are also influencing shipping decisions. And we're really excited because, you know, next year, early next year, we will be deploying the same type of technology, but now for businesses. Think of it as a my choice for business solution that will also give our business consignees or receivers unprecedented access to information for them to make better decisions on how they manage their supply chains. Those are big bets for UPS, and we are really comfortable with making those types of investments because we know that they will provide great value to the company over time. Now, that doesn't mean that we should not try and experiment on different things. And we do that extensively at UPS. We just don't make the hundreds of millions of dollars of investment in those areas right off the get-go. We make sure that we take a disciplined approach to testing concepts, to understanding where the opportunities lie, to making sure that we ultimately design solutions that the customers truly want and not invest in technology for the sake of investing in technology, but more importantly, investing in technology for the sake of helping our customers grow 
and supporting our overall business strategy. Yeah, it seems like it seems like you have obviously a lot of trust from leadership and because you keep driving back to business outcomes that there is, you know, a lot of thought going into those investments. You talked a little bit about experimentation. So how do you do experimentation? How do you run experiments at UPS? How do you kind of like have bottom-up refinement and innovation happening within a, a large company? Oh my goodness, that's, uh, that's so important for us to keep alive and well here in the company. We recognize that. What I would tell you, Ian, is that it's not just one method to support and drive innovation in the company. It's multiple. That's what I have found. Uh, you cannot just lock yourself in, into having only one mechanism for driving and pushing innovation in the company or just one group that is responsible for innovation in the company. In fact, many times the best innovation that we see in our organization comes from the people that are doing the job every single day. And it also comes from our customers who are telling us constantly, you know, where we have opportunities to continue to improve the way that we do our business. So we do the typical things. In IT, we have a very active group of millennial employees. And of course, we are very active in recruiting interns and co-ops in the organization. And every year, I personally sponsor a hackathon. And the innovation, the creativity that I see coming from these teams, of course, supported by senior IT leadership, of course, engagement from the IT teams themselves, plus our interns, plus our uh, co-ops. And it's amazing to me to see what in just a matter of 24 to 48 hours, the types of ideas that come to life as a result of these hackathons. This year, we also started a new program. It's called Upstarts, UPS Starts. Think about it that, that way. Oh, nice. I like it. Really, really, really cool. We invited groups from across the entire company to submit ideas that they wanted to present to the leadership of the senior leadership of the organization that would actually, if, if they, they voted as the best and brightest ideas, that they would actually get funding for those ideas to continue to be advanced and to progress into real projects in the organization. I got to tell you that I had not been so energized by an innovation effort as much as I was by that one. I saw uh, groups of UPSers from multiple disciplines, multiple areas, including IT, come together and pitch to us just really cool ideas that have the potential of changing the way that we do business with our customers in many different ways. So that's another mechanism. Within the IT organization, we have created innovation efforts. We have our own IoT lab in IT that it's constantly experimenting with new technologies and finding different ways of using sensors to support the way we want to do business. We have a lot of cool ideas that are in testing right now that can change the way that we move packages in the network using this type of sensor technology. So excited about what's going on in that domain. And then, of course, we've created a platform in this company and where anyone can send an idea. I keep, as a CIO of the company, I truly keep an open door policy where anyone who wants to share a concept, an idea, can reach out to me and we can talk about it. Now, some will become real ideas that we pursue. Others will put in our, our list of potential ideas for the future, but every idea gets an opportunity to be pitched and listened to by the senior leadership of these organizations. So lots of sources of ideas in the company. I love that. And, you know, when we talked to Craig Walker of Shell, you know, he he shared a lot of similar type of things. It's really interesting to see, especially with how complex logistics is for, for both organizations, some of the parallels. 
where the speed of the ideas is flowing so quickly from the top to the bottom. And things like citizen development, I think, are the next next kind of level of that, which is now we can not only send an idea to the top that quickly, people could actually jam on it, whether it's in a hackathon or whether it's app development or, or whatever kind of thing it is, you can actually build the prototype that quickly. And I mean, is that sort of stuff really fun for you? Is it really exciting? And what are the kind of projects that you've seen already from that? It is. You know, what? what's really exciting to me is the fact that today, more than ever before, you know, we are dependent on that creativity, on that innovation to advance many ideas forward in this in, in this great company of ours. And, and you know, I, I say all the time, we are so fortunate to have 450,000 bright, capable employees that every day, single day they go out there to take care of our customers. And in every single one of those interactions, they are thinking about how they can make our business better. So we're really fortunate to have a really large pool of creative, capable people that submit ideas to us all the time. One initiative that came out of our IoT lab, and we have some really bright people working there, was the notion of using sensors in our, we call them the UPS drop boxes. Think of them as mailboxes where people can drop off their packages for UPS drivers to collect. Well, you know, those devices, for the most part, have not been smart. They've been just mechanical devices where people can open up uh, the box and they can drop a package for us to retrieve it later. Well, we now are deploying technology in those boxes. Again, that was generated by ideas in this team. Technology that allows us to know when the packages were dropped off, alerts us when packages are in those boxes, tell us when the drivers made the pickups at those particular boxes, and keeps all this data active for us to make better decisions in terms of how we serve our customers. Are we positioning the right boxes in the right place? Are we picking up those boxes at the right time? Should we be changing any of that based on customer preferences? And all that data is coming from these sensory devices that continue to publish information for UPS to use. And that's just one example of many that you know I can, I can give you in terms of how creativity amongst our teams is becoming real in terms of projects and initiatives that are providing value to the organization. And I think we're just at the infancy of this, by the way. That's what even keeps me more excited is the fact that you know we are doing well with building some of these concepts and with driving innovation through some of these mechanisms. But at the same time, there's so much more to do. And as technology continues to advance and our people remain close to the use of these technologies, it will just continue to create and build a large amount of uh, ideas and opportunities for UPS to use technology to improve our business processes and our customer interactions. I love all of the kind of blending of IoT with kind of the human side of it, innovation. And obviously, you know, you're a thought leader on IoT. You've you talk about IoT a lot. I think it's a really good segue because you're going from you know, we have 50 or 450,000 human beings that are out there that are sensors creating innovation and ideas. And then you also have tons and tons of, you know, hardware, whether that's, you know, vehicles or drop boxes or all these quote unquote things that are out there that now are either smart or coming online or becoming smart. How do you view IoT and building that network 
and kind of the investments that you've had to make into that stuff. I, I know that there's a lot of money that goes into the hardware and software to connect employees, to connect vehicles, to connect all of this. And that's a business's decision ultimately. How do you kind of view those investments in IoT? Uh, absolutely. Well, you know, we, we have a long history of using uh, those types of devices in our, in our network, in, in our fleet. The UPS package cars, that's what we call the brown trucks that you see out there making deliveries. Those vehicles are equipped with so many sensors that provide a lot of information for UPS to make the right decisions. We, of course, the basics, right? Think about telematics technology that's embedded in all these different vehicles that allows us to improve the way that we we manage our vehicles, the way that we repair our vehicles, how we proactively avoid having uh, failures in our vehicles that could delay service to our customers. We've been doing that for a number of years now, and I will tell you, Ian, that the value of that data has been incredible to UPS. And the neat thing is that as new technologies like machine learning and artificial intelligence continue to advance, we have full intentions and active projects to continue to take that data consume it and use it to keep improving the overall reliability of our vehicles. So that's that's part of what we see as the next frontier. It's not just simply now collecting all this data, which we've been doing for some time, but it's using now advanced technologies to gain even more insights from the data that these devices collect. And I'm putting my money on that. I think that we're going to see incredible learnings and a lot of insights come out of those data points that our, our devices collect. At the end of the day, you know, we have this saying here at UPS, you know, sensor data is just simply trivia. But now sensor data combined with deep analytics, with insights that come from that analytics, now you have something of significant value. And we want to go from that trivia to value in every project we push out there. Of course, we got to do some level of experimentation and we accept that. But at the end of the day, we definitely want to make sure that all these types of sensory-based projects ultimately provide value to UPS. That's the trick. We are working actively on a brand new driver handheld device. We're really excited about that device because now it takes connectivity to a new level. We believe our next generation of handheld devices for our drivers will be able to connect with many more sensors, with many more devices between our customers' homes, between our business partners out there, to continue to collect that data and derive even more insight and in many cases new services to our customers. And so when you're talking about those types of those types of sensors, I mean, is it like when the back goes up, when the vehicle stopped, where packages are inside of the vehicle, like what are those kind of sensors that you have on an individual individual vehicle? Absolutely. And I will tell you that one of the greatest benefits that we saw with this sensor technology in the vehicles, Ian, was all related to safety, by the way. Helping our drivers become safer drivers as a result of the data that we collect from all these different sensors. And you're absolutely right. We have sensors, of course, the typical engine sensors that we have in our vehicles, right, in our personal cars that provide data to us on everything that is going on on those engines. But we also have sensors on the doors. We have sensors on, of course, seat belts. We have sensors on the front door, the rear door, the side doors to be able to monitor all that different activity. We collect GPS data from multiple sources. We collect GPS data through the handheld device that the drivers have, but we also collect GPS data uh, from a device that resides in the vehicle itself. 
So we now have just great visibility to what is going on with those particular routes, with the activity that both the vehicle and the driver execute in any given day. And we use all that data to first help our drivers be safer, but second, to continue to make improvements in the way that we complete our deliveries and the way that we provide service to our customers. The key, once again, is taking all that data and truly gaining insight from it. And that's where we are spending a good amount of our time these days. It's not so much on putting more sensors in the vehicle, although we're testing some other ideas to make it easier for our drivers to be able to identify packages for delivery from when they are inside the cargo area of the vehicle, but also to be able to just continue to improve the way that we provide services to our customers. And by the way, eventually pass more of that information to our customers for them to be able to improve their own business processes. Okay. Those are all the tough questions. Now we're going to get into the lightning round. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. These are just fast and easy questions, just like the lightning platform by Salesforce. So, (laughs) fast and easy. Number one, app you are using on your phone that is the most fun. The app that I'm using on my phone that is the most fun. I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan, and I will tell you that I really like the MLB app on my phone. Ooh, that's a good one. We haven't got that one yet. Ah, well, you know what? It gives me incredible access to lots of things. I'm a subscriber, by the way, and I get a chance to listen to baseball games. I like to still listen to baseball games. A lot of people don't like to anymore. They like to watch them. But I can listen to games at night when I'm doing some IT work on the side. I like to also be able to see and watch uh, replays for games that uh, were of interest to me. And also, I have the ability to actually see live games in that app, no matter what platform I use, whether it's my phone or my tablet or my PC, I can actually see games anywhere. It's a really well-designed application. I think they've done a really nice job putting it together. Favorite time-saving tool? Favorite time-saving tool? Well, I'm a huge user of Outlook. It helps me remain organized. I use it in multiple platforms too. I don't know how I do business today without having that type of technology in my hands. (laughs) Favorite use of AI or chatbots that you've seen recently? Oh my goodness, the UPS chatbot. Oh man. Uh, Oh, We didn't even ask about it. it. We we brought in to the industry the first chatbot for the, the industry that we're in. When you go to the UPS chatbot, and we support it in multiple platforms, you actually speak with UPS's AI. And, you know, talk about the, the continuous improvement in technology. It's truly amazing how this technology has evolved over time. We started with a very basic UPS chatbot, and today our chatbot is getting more used than ever before. It solves a lot of problems for our customers when they have questions, when they have you know, they, they want to communicate with UPS and it helps. It's, it actually has helped us reduce expense in our, in our call centers. So excited about how that technology is working. We are really committed to it and I think it's going to continue to advance. So favorite baseball team? The LA Dodgers who uh, just oh, lost no. the uh, World Series yesterday. <laughs> tough, tough day. Tough day to be report, recording this podcast. That's right, but that's okay. They'll, they'll try again next year. <laughs> favorite podcast or recent book that you've read? The mission. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Now, uh, in 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 terms of uh, books, I just read a book recently by Condoleezza Rice titled "Democracy." It really made me think of the great country that we live in, 
and the incredible value that democracy brings to a society. And it's something that needs to be protected and something that we all need to respect and, and guard. She's really interesting. And we did an episode of one of our podcasts called The Story, where we did her backstory. I'll send you the link after this, but she's oh, so awesome. fascinating and just an incredible, incredible person. She really is. And, uh, you know, she she connects with UPS in, in different ways. So we've had an opportunity to listen to her, speak to senior leadership here at UPS, speak to us live and answer questions and always very insightful. And she's got such an interesting perspective based on all the experiences she's had. I found her book really, really interesting and gave me additional appreciation for what democracy is all about. Favorite one day getaway. I'm going to say in the LA area, since you spent a lot of time there. (laughs) In the LA area. Oh my goodness. Nothing better than a Saturday afternoon at the LA Coliseum watching the USC Trojans beat Cal. Oh, gee, come on. That's a <laughs> low blow. That's tough. For the audience, I'm a, uh, I'm a Cal fan. My, my dad went to Cal and I grew up around here. So that's tough. Uh, that's okay. I, any team that plays against USC, as long as USC wins, we're happy. That's true. <laughs> what technology are you most excited about? My goodness, uh, yeah, and I'm excited about so many technologies, some that I'm already seeing here at UPS. One thing that, that, that I didn't tell you about is we... We formed, and this is also part of our innovation practices at UPS, we formed an advanced technology group last year. It's a small group, but one that it's bringing just great innovation to the table. They are mostly focused on on physical type of solutions like robotics, drone technology, other types of automation solutions that UPS can use. Really excited about those types of solutions that I think UPS in time is going to be able to take advantage of. There's a place for many of them here where, you know, in places that are difficult to reach, for example, drone technology can provide great value to UPS and certainly help us provide service to our customers in those types of locations and areas. They're also working on a lot of projects that are connected to RFID technology. The technology has advanced enough now and it's decreased in cost significantly to the point that can be used for more applications within our organization. So we're looking at that as well. I'm excited about it. And, you know, when you look at the advances in AI, the advances in machine learning, I mean, these are things that a few years back, I mean, we all knew that they existed. In some cases, we took classes on AI. This is, in my case, many, many years ago. But today, to see what this technology can do and how it can help us support our customers better and differently is really exciting to me. I really think and believe that those types of technologies will make it a lot easier for our service providers, our drivers, our people to do their jobs. And we'll be able to concentrate more, not in the mechanics of doing the job, but we'll be able to concentrate more on supporting our customers and providing even more services to our customers, all as a result of taking that technology and definitely putting it into the devices and the technology that our people interact with all the time. Still really bullish on uh, mobile technologies here at UPS. I think that you know taking a lot of things to the edge is going to make us more effective, more productive, and we'll be able to use te- technology in different ways. So I'm excited about that too. And I can go on and on and on. I think it's a great, great time to be in technology. I am really fortunate, Ian, to work with an amazing group of IT professionals here at UPS that are always looking for ways to do things better for the company. And with the new technologies that are now accessible to us, quite frankly, the future of supply chain logistics 
is incredibly interesting and bright for UPS. That's really exciting. And I think I'm really, I'm so interested to see how the drone stuff plays out. I, I totally agree. I think there's just so much innovation that's yet to happen on that front. It's going to be really exciting. Okay. That's it for the lightning round. We still have one more question, but thanks again to our friends at Salesforce. Lightning round is brought to you by the lightning platform by Salesforce, the leading cloud platform that makes building AI powered apps faster and easier with Salesforce. Building apps is everyone's business. Learn more at salesforce.com slash build apps. Okay, final question. What would be your best advice for a first time CIO? That's a great, great question, Ian. I was very fortunate to work for the, the previous UPS CIO who uh, gave me a lot of advice and who uh, taught me many, many things about this job. And now that I've done the job for a few years, I've come to uh, actually develop my own. And I will tell you that the first one is make sure you recognize that you do not know everything. This is a, a field that is incredibly rich that continues to change and that requires the knowledge and the capability of many to ensure that you make the right decisions for your company, for your function. That's the first one. The second one is to ensure that you surround yourself with a top-notch team. Having people that are passionate about technology, that are committed to technology, and that are also committed to the organization makes things a lot easier for us as CIOs. The next one is view yourself as an enabler of solutions for the organization. I believe that the CIO today has a really difficult job, but one that is exciting and one that opens up incredible opportunities for an organization. Make sure that you have a seat at the table, that you create that seat at the table where the business relies and depends on you as an IT professional, as a CIO, in, you know, for the development of strategy, and then, of course, using technology to support that strategy. That's really important. The next one is, and I apply all these things to me, although I, I have been a CIO for a, a number of years now, I will also tell you that all these apply to me as much as they did when I started, as they do today. It's important that we continue to learn and that we learn by listening to podcasts like these. We learn by interacting with professionals in multiple organizations. We also learn a lot from our vendors and from, from our partners in the, in the uh, technology space. You know, I have great relationships with many vendor partners who are always teaching us how we can do things better. That's really important. And the last one, you know, make sure that you establish a strong support structure. That support structure comes in many different ways. Of course, you know, ensuring that the leadership of the organization knows you and that the leadership of the organization understands your capabilities and what you want to bring to the table but also within your team, that your team is there and that your team is used as people that you can bounce ideas off, you can get advice from, and that you know you can use them as, as your guide. Again, remember, this job requires the support of many. I can't think of a CIO that can do it all himself or herself. I, I love all those. We'll definitely, we need to, uh, we'll, we'll link those up in the show notes when we publish this article, because that's just great advice. But it does leave me with one more question. When are we going to get sure. you on Twitter? We got we got to get you on Twitter. You don't have a Twitter, right? <laughs> I do not. And I am not as active, perhaps, as I should have been in uh, the social media space. And I will tell you exactly why, Ian. 
you know, the these these jobs as CIOs. I'm the global CIO for UPS. You can imagine the numbers of people that want to connect with the global CIO for UPS. Primarily people who are wanting to sell me stuff. So I'm I'm very particular about how I engage in those particular domains because once someone engages with me, I feel the obligation to engage back. The biggest enemy, quite frankly, that CIOs today have is time. I should say the lack of time. And it's very important to be selective as to where you spend your time. I probably should have added that to the other list, making sure that you're very selective as to where you spend your time. You can spend a lot of time on things that will provide little to no value to the the organization. Got to be very focused on those things that provide the most value. But we we just need more uh we need more of your thoughts and your wisdom. So we got to have you on again here in the future to talk more IT visionary stuff cuz this was it was great having you on. Really exciting stuff. I'm just a little needy for we we need more of your thoughts out there in the world. So <laughs> Well, you um, know, the, the the communications folks here at UPS are constantly telling me that I need to do more of that and you know, I've promised to them that I will. So uh you may see more of Juan Perez out there. There we go. Awesome. Thanks so much, Juan. We really appreciate it. And just keep up the great work and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate you having me on and certainly appreciate you showcasing UPS because this is more about UPS than it is about Juan Perez. And I want to wish you great success with your show. I'm really glad that you're doing something like this. You know, it's not every day that you get an opportunity to go to a centralized place where you can gain insights, ideas, new concepts from CIOs from all over the world. And I think this is going to be a great platform for us to be able to hear from others anytime we want to in a media that is really effective for us to capture and understand all these concepts and ideas. So congratulations. I wish you all the best in your new show. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Very good. Thank you. Thank you again to our friends at Salesforce. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce, a leading cloud platform that makes building AI-powered apps faster and easier. With Salesforce, now everyone can build apps for their organization. Learn more at salesforce.com slash buildapps.